Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a, pro- a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We love talking about closure, and we love talking about closure with you. Yes, yes, we love talking with you and with each other about closure. <laughs> uh, so if you have anything to say to us, uh, send us a tweet at Closure Design or email to feedback at closuredesign.club. And the last but best option is the Closure Design podcast channel on Closure in Slack. Uh, hop on in there, we'll have some discussions. Yeah, let's chat closure. But this week, <laughs> per usual, we're going to chat about some more closure and we're going to be talking about comp in this episode. Yes, we're going to combine random things together. It's like the Voltron of functions. Yes, <laughs> function Voltron. <laughs> maybe maybe that metaphor. Power Rangers? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, Voltron. What other animated <laughs> children's series can we <laughs> can we co-opt? Can we come up with? Yes. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't mean computer, you know, comp. It, it is short. They they didn't fortunately they did not make us uh Rishiki did not make a spell compose out <laughs> like partial. Or like he makes a spell out compliment. Yes, compliment. <laughs> but yes, compose. Composing functions into well, more functions, right? Functions on top of functions. That's all we do all day. So unfortunately we don't have all of the beautiful design patterns that the object-oriented programs have all we are left with all, all our only tool for the job is functions and so we must we must use them and combine them to 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 great effect <laughs> yes absolutely so I have to admit like comp is one of those things it took me some time to to begin to use on a more regular basis I think I started using partial, partial more regularly than I started using comp at first. I don't know why. It was just like partial made more sense, especially when I needed to create like a no arc. We talked about partial last last time, but I needed to create like a no argument callback function, like a thunk. You know, I just partial the arguments on and then now I had, had this thing I could, you know, give to something else to call and it, it had all the arguments specified with partial. Right. But comp, yeah, comp took me longer really to to kind of see the light on when I would want to use comp. Yeah, I think for me too. I, I think it's interesting. Like, I think one of the first like, a few weeks ago we talked about juxt, and juxt took me even longer. But I think comp for me was between partial and juxt. Um, and 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 I think it's like a it's kind of like a a a growing into the ability to think in composing function vernacular. Um, I think it's interesting because if I remember correctly, almost every single one of these, let's talk about a function episodes, we started off with, I didn't really use this function at first, but now I use it a lot. And I feel like it's kind of like, yes. it's it's like we haven't talked about, we didn't devote an episode to the function map or the function filter, like things that we use, we literally use all the time. We probably use way more than we use comp or juxt. But these, these higher order functions really like, they really come... Uh, <laughs> they really compose things together well in in a concise way that you can really understand it at a, at a high level, but it's also very very little actual text on the page or on the computer. 
Yeah, and there's definitely that idea of getting getting your thinking, <laughs> getting your higher order functional thinking going. <laughs> it's it, the the idea is what so many things in functional programming, right, are higher order, and they either accept a function or return a function, and and so comp is especially useful for those higher order functions that accept functions because they're going to do some kind of calculation that you have specified by handing in that function. Exactly. Right? And and because because we do have that anonymous function literal enclosure with a pound parenthesis and then type your function contents here in parenthesis. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the reasons why I I really did not use um comp very much when I when I got going because you can just very quickly concisely make it make a function that way but then i started using comp a lot more um after after i ran into that situation where i already had an anonymous function literal that i was inside of because let's say i i wrote an anonymous function literal syntax for an update statement and then inside the update statement i wanted to do a map and then I wanted another anonymous function literal <laughs> for that map. Yeah. And then I got that really aggravating message you get from Clojure about how you cannot nest you can't nest anonymous function literals. And it's like, ah, what do I do? Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting uh, that that closure that 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 closure kind of goes into a different mode when it's in the function literal parsing <laughs> uh, uh, mode. And 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 then it it can't ha- seem to handle uh, recursing, uh, which seems like it's a really weird thing not to be able to handle. But I definitely agree that like when when you're in that situation, not being able to to use that, you, then you have to reach for your other your other function composition or your f- other function constructors uh, when you're in the midst of a function literal. Right, right, and so so comp is nice because obviously you know it's just normal function invocation syntax well technically i guess some of these are macros but yes it's your your standard <laughs> right syntax i don't know and it doesn't involve the special reader macro for anonymous function literal and so like for example um that update case you know where comp really became handy is is um i i was trying to, i had a list of maps and then one of the keys of the maps was a list of a list of values, like a list of value objects, like value maps. And what I really wanted to do is I wanted to be able to pick out um, like the name of each thing in, in that. And then I wanted to um, join that into a string, right? So, so I'm printing out some, some output and, and I want to, I want to just have like a nice human readable list, like comma delimited list of, of, of names so I can just kind of understand like what ended up in this nested list inside this list of maps <laughs> if that if tell me if I'm making sense Nate <laughs> well I think I think that's what like it kind of it like illustrates just like so a lot of times we when we like, like we said before in the past we've worked with a lot of esports data and there, there's a lot of there's a lot of data and there's a lot of nesting and so lots of times a large portion of our development time isn't actually spent writing production code. It's writing code to investigate and characterize data. And so like you, you often want to 
well, why would you want to have a common delimited list of a key that's three levels deep into this this nested data structure? Well, it's because I want to know what's there, you know, and 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 so the the ability to 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 concisely dive in and then also, um, so to speak, report on on that helps us understand these data these hugely nested data structures. Yeah, absolutely, and and so having code that that reads in a way where it's really clear like what the structure is that you're traversing so you can read the code and understand like oh i'm i'm going through a list of maps and then in each of these maps we we have a list of um players and then i want to take their their names out of that the list of players and then I want to join them together with like comma space and then then have a string of just player names, you know, so that you can kind of read the code and understand what's going on. And so like in this specific case, as is common for my use of comp, I end up with like a partial because what I want to do is I'm going to have a function that's going to be able to extract the player name out. And that function is called colon name. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Because symbols are functions, right? And then I want a function that, um, well, it's gonna it's gonna extract out like the names, so colon names, and then uh, another function that can take those names and join them together with string, right? But in order to make that function, I have to do a partial on string join space comma, right? Because comp, I guess that's the first limitation you run into with comp is when you're composing functions, they all have to take a single argument except the very, very, right. very first one. Right. And and I think that's, it is a limitation, yes, but I think it actually is a, is a superpower because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of higher order functions out there like map that actually the first argument you pass to the map function is a function that takes a single argument. And so... I was I was thinking about like what 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 how would I characterize some of my, my this particular the one I'm the thing the the way that I'm using comp I I think about it as a as like a deep inspector like if I want to filter a list of map like it's like a list of players and I want to figure out um, what players have um, no middle name in their in their maps and so then you could just do filter uh, comp nil middle name players. And what it's going to do is it's going to extract the middle name and then test if it's nil. And by composing those together, I can pass that to filter and I can figure out which which players have a, have no middle name. And then, you know, whatever I want to do with that, of course, you know, that's the lesson left as an exercise yeah. reader or listener. Um, but in a similar way, you can take that same metaphor and go and use it with sort by because sort by also takes a function that re- that takes a single argument and so like if you want if you have a list of games and each game has a list of players in it and i want to sort the games by how many players are in each one you can just do sort by comp count players you know games and it actually reads pretty well like i want to sort by the count of players uh, uh, in the game and so it right not only is it concise it's actually really easy to understand which is one of the very awesome superpowers of closure is it can be both of those things. Yeah, and there's definitely an an aspect of learning first that this is a thing that you can write. You know, these these sort by comp statements or these filter comp statements. 
And so, so you have to have seen them at some point in time. And then after you learn that you can write it, then, then you start to play around with these expressions in terms of like readability so that you, you start to discover that you can write these statements that, that read really well and, and are really clear, but yet, yet concise and, and comp and partial and juxt are these tools to help you do that without a lot of syntax boilerplate. Yeah, because I think the anonymous function literal is a very powerful tool, but there's something about seeing a lot of punctuation that can 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 sometimes get in the way. So, I mean, it depends on 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 <clears throat> on sometimes my mood as far as I'm, if I'm am able to understand or uh, uh, ignore the the pound and the you know the percent sign and that kind of stuff. I mean, I came from a pearl background, so. <laughs> Talking about punctuation is not necessarily uh, my my place, but um, but being able to just see functions and and invocations put together instead of uh, the reader syntax uh, sometimes can be a little cleaner too. Right. Well, yeah, and so the first I I, I can't remember exactly, but I want to say one of the first uses of comp for me in real production code was in a sort by statement because I was sorting by time, and so I had like sort by and then colon time, which which was the key that had the timestamp in it, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you know some collection, and I realized, oh, it's not really useful in that context for me to sort by time ascending. I wanted to sort by time descending, because I wanted the most recent stuff first. I didn't want the oldest stuff first, and so really I wanted to sort by negative time, and so so then all of a sudden it's like okay, I um. I, I would throw in that anonymous function literal. So, you know, you have pound parenthesis and then you have negative and then you have parenthesis and then colon time, you know, and then your little <laughs> percent sign and then close parenthesis, close parenthesis, close parenthesis, right? Like, and, and all of a sudden I saw this trick that I could just write parenthesis, comp, negative, colon time, close parenthesis. And it's just like, wow, all of a sudden a lot of syntax, like like symbol syntax, just disappeared. And it was much easier to read, sort by comp negative time, you know? And and it's like, wow, I, I like that. Less parentheses, less special forms. Uh, it, it reads very well. Yeah, and, and even though comp... You, like the argument that the functions you pass to our uh, comp are re- executed, evaluated in reverse order from right to left. The readability often is still there, especially when you only have two. Um, I think, I think one of the, like just to kind of tag on that a little bit, like we talked about using the, the map reformer in using juxt a couple weeks ago um, about how you can say like into map, like into open close parenthesis, uh, curly braces, map juxt key val, like in there using the comp, like often I want to take the key, but I want to change the value or vice versa. And so using comp in that map reformer idiom from a couple weeks ago, uh, it it's the same kind of thing. It actually, it's it, it makes it, it's already a pretty dense line. And so taking out a few more levels of parentheses makes it much clearer. So same, same thing you were saying. Yeah, and and so I love that anonymous function literal, but pound parenthesis, you know, adding like more of that and then therefore more percents. So anytime you use it, you it's coming along with at least four different symbols 
to to add line noise to your expression, right? <laughs> right, right. And that line noise in, involves a certain amount of cognitive load, and it makes it a little harder harder to read. And and obviously, sometimes using the anonymous function literal, it's the way to go. It's nice and clean and simple. But but this use of comp is the point that you really start to notice when comp cleans it up. Right, um, right. When, when, when you and have so, multiple things that each take a single argument. If you have like a thing that takes one argument and one that takes two argument, you got to go with anonymous function literal because you have to be able to place that second argument, you know. But if it's like it's just a string right. of single arguments, then comp's good. Well, and I've also found myself then comping uh, anonymous function literals together too. <laughs> <laughs> of because course. Because it's like I... Uh, I I often will use anonymous function literal instead of partial because it's more concise. And so, for example, with like string join, instead of partial string slash join, you know, quote, comma, space, uh, I'll, I'll write, you know, pound, parentheses, string join, quote, space, and then um, percent. You know, and it's just it's just shorter, right? They, go go listen to our episode on parcel. You'll hear all our complaining about typing so many characters. And yes. uh, but so then I'll end up writing uh, a comp statement that has those anonymous functions in it because that the outside of that. What's nice about comp is once you know everything takes one argument, the more functions that you're stringing together with comp, the more you really win. Because you're avoiding nesting and you're avoiding all that. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. I think that the, the farther you go, the more you save. Uh, it reminds yeah. me of a, like a, a real small use of comp that I've used. Um, it kind of so there, there's been times where I want to like pick out a single key. Like for instance, we talked about like um, we 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 have a a, a list of. Um, games and i want to get the, the 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 names of the players in those games so i take the games and i map players and then i pass that result into map name well i'm doing two maps so i'm basically two, creating two intermediate collections and so there have been times where i just do like map comp name players collection or games and 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 so it's kind of it's a way of of of, of zipping into or doing basically doing two maps one after the other uh, because they're, they're, like, I, I've just gotten into that situation sometimes, and it's like, oh, well, I can do it in this one map step because of that that comp will, will take you all the way from game to the, the player name um, uh, without having to um, without having to make an intermediate collection. Yeah, and so I could I've done that similar thing with comp too, and and here's where you kind of get back into the the alternate ways because another way is you can do an anonymous function literal with a thread first macro, for example. So then you would have your arrow and your percent, and then player and then name, and 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 it's a little bit of a different style, right? But but as soon as you have to, as soon as you start using some of the other higher order functions, that anonymous function literal starts to to feel overly cluttered. <laughs> and so yeah. so once I realize like oh if I think of like one one way into comp is you think of the places where you use thread first and it's just a bunch of function names in a row, and you go okay I could use comp. And, and and write those names out backwards, if you will, backwards if you're used to thinking of thread first. 
um, you know, those are analogous to each other, right? And then it gets you out of the need to then specify that argument right away um, as a very first thing in the macro. Yeah, totally. And I think I think the, the, that use case we just talked about is kind of a, a very like very a very specific use uh, case. But if you ever want to get to the point, like there are times times where I want I want to filter and then map. Well, filter and mapping you can't comp inside of that function, and so you end up kind of reaching for um, uh, transducers. So transducers is another area where you you use comp. You can use comp to keep things in the same order as a thread first macro or a thread last, um, but that but it still applies the operations in the order that you think um, that, that that you read. Right. Yeah, the, we discussed this at length in our series back in uh, December, where we kind of built our way towards transducers. So you should mm-hmm. definitely go check it out. But the the high level concept here is whenever whenever you're making this these like middleware type things, right? It's like a it's a it's a composition of functions. This came up in our series on Ring that we did uh, a month or two ago, and you can go listen to that too. But whenever <laughs> you want to ha- you want to take these functions that process different things in a stage, like like you have this uh, kind of pipeline, pipeline of steps. Yeah. Yeah. Then and you're using comp, kind of the the like unintuitive thing is the that the the function on the outside is the one that gets it last typically like it gets it first and it gets it last you know and then the functions in the middle you know get it second or second last and then the middle and then third and third last right and then you get to the finally beginning so depending on <laughs> like an the, onion. depending on right like an onion. Because because when you're composing these functions together, these like middleware functions or these these stepwise functions, you know they have an opportunity to do some setup logic and then hand it down into the composed function, and then they have some opportunity to do teardown logic after the fact. You know, in a middleware scenario where where you're using like middleware composers, but because comp doesn't really comp just takes the output of one and shoves it as the input of the other. They can functions that you put together with comp can really only do their thinking after the fact. So therefore, the function that gets composed on last is the one that that gets called last is the one that does its work last. And so you you end up this with this situation where you know you you write it out in what feels like backwards order. Right. You have to. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's they're equivalent by, by, but, but in reverse order from an anonymous function that uses the thread first macro, like you said before. Yeah, and so transducers take a, like a different approach um, in in how that works, and so it, you end up with this neat property where things feel like they're in the order, the order in which they're evaluated, but due to the kind of the mechanics of how it's all bundled up, um, you know, they they work with comp quite well. So that's definitely like another common usage of comp. Too. Right, and you and 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 you get the performance. Like always, got to throw it in there with transducers. Oh, and it's faster. <laughs> yeah. So I I could say you know, there's a couple patterns if if I were to summarize it that have come up, right? So for functions like filter and remove and things like that, a common pattern is to have comp with some kind of uh, predicate 
followed by some kind of extractor. So a function that takes, you know, whatever the thing is that's being processed in the list and it gets the right field out or the right part of it out, right? Yeah, so you yeah, would be comp. So, so like, for example, you know, comp, um, uh, uh, sum, no. colon, yeah. name, you know? So, yeah. so you'd get all the things that, like, you want to filter for all the things that have some name, right? Just read, reads well. The, the other pattern is for things like um, you're, you're, you're using it instead of like the threading macro, like the thread first macro. And so you would be comp and then it's like all your extractors in a row, like if you're descending through a bunch of keys or things like that. And then, and then you're kind of reading that from right to left backwards. And then that's useful because that pattern is something you can hand into sort by. Um, you can hand that into, um, yeah, sort by is probably where I would use that one the most, where, where you need right. to descend into a structure. Maybe and group be, by because, too. Yeah, and group by, where, where really it's like you're looking in and for, for whatever reason, you can't use the anonymous function literal. Either it's going to be too cluttered or it, you're going to run into a nesting thing, you know. And then I would say the last pattern for comp um, well, actually not last, there's two more. And then like with juxt, like the same thing, that same pattern, you you feed that into juxt because what you're doing is you're building up a list of different views or different subparts. So you want to use comp in those, those extraction or transformation kind of patterns. And then like the last use of comp that's pretty common is with transducers because transducers are higher order functions. You're composing these higher order functions to build up an expression, which transduce then knows how to how to use. You know? So those <laughs> would be like the, those four ways would be the most common ways. I would say we use comp. Yeah, I think uh, it'd be interesting to hear if anyone out there has another use of comp that we didn't cover. You know, a, a, another unique way of, of, of leveraging this higher order function. Uh, in a way that complements <laughs> uh, the function, um, but yeah, let us know. Uh, send send us uh, 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 information uh, or uh, uh, ideas that you have of ways that you've used comp, um, or ways that you found that comp is harmful. That's even better. Uh, negative examples are also also wonderful. Uh, so if you have anything, uh, please send us a tweet at closure design or sorry at closure design, <laughs> or an email to feedback at closure design club. And then also you can hop into the Closure Design podcast channel on Closure and Slack and, and give us some complimentary stuff there. Yes, and comp could be uh, complimentary, I suppose, right? <laughs> Compositionally, so I guess that, that's better saying it. Your yeah. code is so complimentary. Uh, yeah, and you check out the notes for this episode. Just go to closuredesign.club on the web. And you can find the notes for this episode, as well as all of our past episodes. And definitely go give it a listen. And that will give you something to do after you finish this, because we won't be back for another week. But we will be back, and we would love to continue to talk about closure and answer your questions. Thanks for listening. 